Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Thank you, Johnny. For those of you that don't know, that voiceover for the intro is Johnny Dam, who founded the Green Earth Radio and New Distant Radio stations that were instrumental in developing this podcast and carried it for its first year. You're listening to The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. My guests for today's show are Yuda and Azus Gamboa of the Zucchini Express CSA. Plus, the desserts will tell you how to live appropriately in the upcoming week. But first, let's go to the appetizers and find out what's happening in the world of real food. The Federal Drug Administration is proposing a so-called food safety measure for organic farmers that raise chickens outdoors. The FDA is saying it's dangerous for the hens to be outside because they could come in contact with wild birds. I don't believe this. Raising chickens in the pasture is better for the chickens, better for our health, and better for the environment. Yes, hens are at risk being outdoors, but we shouldn't stop as there are way more pluses to pasture-raised chicken. This reminds me a lot of how we started pasteurizing milk because of its risks. And look at where that has gotten us. Next, the first hamburger that was made in a science lab was served in London. The meat was made from muscle cells taken from a cow and mixed with salt, egg powder, and breadcrumbs, and colored with beet juice and saffron. This sounds totally disgusting. I like my food to come from farms, not laboratories. The initial reactions from the people that taste-tested this Frankenburger were that it's short on flavor. Not surprising. When you have lab technicians make food, it's not going to taste like the real thing. In other news, McDonald's has announced that it will follow suit of Burger King and Taco Bell and no longer use ammonium hydroxide to fill the ground beef for their burgers. This announcement is believed to have occurred after Jamie Oliver made a post about McDonald's meat being inedible and a product that's being sold in the cheapest way for dogs, but being fed for humans. While McDonald's still has a long way to go in terms of becoming real food, it's at least a step forward. And bravo to Jamie Oliver bringing the people's attention about McDonald's food practices. Speaking all about red meat, this week's flawed study is one from the Harvard School of Public Health, which tries to link red meat to diabetes. The study found that participants who ate at least half a serving or more of red meat over a four-year period were 48% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. But what type of meat were these people eating? This study makes no differentiation between grass and grain-fed meat, and the amount of red meat consumption has been going down while the rate of diabetes is still going up. I'm sticking with my grass-fed red meat. Next, the FDA is soon to set a standard on what can be labeled gluten-free. Until now, manufacturers have been able to decide for themselves what gluten-free means. Under the new FDA guidelines, the products can't have any more than 20 parts per million of gluten. The medical community says this level is low enough that most people with celiac disease won't get sick if the food falls under this. The important thing to mention is that the majority of the people don't realize gluten-free products still contain some gluten. Certainly doesn't raise my opinion about the FDA hearing how they define the word free. Also, 
The journal Food Research International published a study that says many inexpensive store brand black and green teas contain high levels of fluoride. The exposure to fluoride raises people's risk of developing tooth decay, bone loss, and other serious health problems. I see tea as something that should be drank in moderation. When consumed, organic is always best. And finally, organic natural foods now count for 13% of the groceries purchased in the U.S. Sales of certified organic products are expected to reach about $35 billion this year. Although not every organic or natural product is necessarily good for you, the 35% increase in sales of organics over the past five years is still great news, and certainly it shows people are getting to eat better than before. And now for the main course, which today is Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA as they're commonly referred to. CSAs are programs that people subscribe to to receive weekly produce from a farm. They pay up front, making commitment to the farmer for the upcoming growing season. CSAs are a great way for people to have more of a relationship with the farms that are growing their foods. They also allow people to get fresh, local, and organic foods every week. Another advantage of community-supported agriculture is you get the food delivered straight to your door. You don't have to worry about driving out to the farmer's market or taking a trip to the grocery store. Here to talk with me about CSAs are Yuta and Jesus Gamboa, who run the excellent community-supported agriculture Zucchini Express. Yuta, Jesus, glad to have you here. Well, we are glad to be here. Thank Great you. Great to be here. Great to be here, Aaron. Thank you. I very much admire what you do, and this is actually a topic that I've been wanting to do for a long time, talking about community-supported agriculture, how people can find out where there's one in their area and really learn about all the advantages that they have to offer. Tell us a little bit about what Zucchini Express offers for its members. We offer fruit and vegetable, both organic, certified, 100% certified organic. And um, we also have uh, several organic products other than food and vegetables like coffee, honey, um, and chocolate, handmade, handcrafted chocolate, uh, as well as olive oil and, um, what did I forget? Oh, grass-fed beef, of course. How can you forget that one? <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> this is the appropriate omnivore, certainly grass-fed beef will be popular, but I think all the other items will too, because they're really all about what the show is about, what I recommend, organic foods and fresh local. And seasonal, very seasonal. Yeah. Right, everything that's in season. So yeah, what we pride ourselves in is the quality of our produce and products. We really did a lot of research. Uh, previously to starting the CSA, we were publishing an online magazine on organic living and did a lot of research, went around the county and beyond, basically Southern California, and uh, researched a lot of farmers, growers, orchardists, um, went to foodie events, other organic lifestyle events, sustainable living events, uh, transition events and um, fell in love with, with you know what we saw and certainly with our farmer that we partner with now who is located in Ruby Doo Riverside and his special growing methods and his quality of his vegetables. Right, and Unity Farm, that's within short distance from where you're based out of. Exactly, it's about a 15, no, 50 minute drive out of 
you know, where our headquarters are. So certainly keeps well within the local because they say at the most it should be a hundred mile radius, but this is very much close to where you are and where the people that subscribe to your program, yeah, it's, it's right in their area. Yes. Right. 50 miles away from us. Yeah. Right. Which is great. And so tell us a little more about what Unity Farm has to offer because they're a very amazing farm, I would say. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Unity Farm is offering um, seasonal vegetables and they specialize on greens and specialty greens also uh, from around the world. They um, select what is uh, seasonal and proper for the local climate, which is uh, semi-desertic and with lots of sun. Thank goodness for the sun. So they um, dedicate the farm to green herbs, organic, and uh, seasonal. That's what they do. They have some, uh, besides organic, they also do use some biodynamic uh, practices, which is very important too. Furthermore, they are located in the, uh, you know, in the greater um, Santa Ana riverbed and have very fertile soil and also the, the water level is is quite high you know they have their own water well and use their own water so they had to only to dig like six feet or three feet or something very low to get to the waters and can supply their own water which is truly beneficial and you know good for water conservation and um, as Jesus mentioned, the um, farm goes beyond being organic. It's, it um, employs also biodynamic farming practices, which is like going beyond organic. Right. Biodynamic is one of these beyond organic things that we're hearing a lot about. I'm sure a number of the listeners are familiar with the biodynamic term, although some of them may have a little confusion as to what it means. So how would you describe biodynamic to people that aren't exactly familiar with everything that it involves. Yeah. Um, in the 30s, in Europe, farmers noticed that, you know, farm that soil got depleted and needed something extra. So Rudolf Steiner, a uh, anthroposophist and scientist, came up with the, with the principles of biodynamic farming which means um, importance is placed on um, companion planting, crop rotation, composting, and the use of a series of specific preparations, which are based on various mineral, plant, and animal substances. And all of these will enhance the bacterial and mineral content of the soil and thus go beyond organic farming systems. So it just it's a system to improve the quality and fertility of the soil, which you know is the most important of of farming or organic organic farming, because it brings uh, a higher degree of life activity in the soil and also it places importance on on planting or using the the preparations at the right time at the right season, at the right day of the time, and so on. Mm -hmm. Because it really does start with the soil. It, actually, before even the crops that you're using, you have to grow it in the right place. Do you think biodynamic farming is something that 
should be applied to all types of crops? Absolutely, yes. Or certainly principles of biodynamic farming because it just enriches the soil in a natural way and um, the roots of the plants can just absorb the richness, the nutrients and the minerals and so on that's in the soil. It takes a bit longer for the plant to grow but it makes it stronger, more resistant naturally to pesticides and uh, thus has way more life force. Actually, I would say the longer it takes to grow, it's often the better. I mean, that's a problem I would say with big agriculture is all this hybridization and GMOs that they make in order to make the plants grow taller and grow faster so they can get out to supermarkets quicker. Yeah, and the monoculture, which is really uh, detrimental to the health of a plant too. Oh yeah, the monocultures. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems we're facing in agriculture and the loss of our grasslands is a big problem. Yeah, one of the concepts on uh, biodynamics is uh, to look at the farm as a whole organism, the farm as a living entity, the whole farm, including the animals, the humans, and the plants. And uh, when the system works well for one of them, it will work for all of them. Everybody involved in the farm is part of the organism. That's a, a concept they use in biodynamics. Right. So certainly biodynamic is a great principle. And I, I see it as one of the types of beyond organic farming that you are hearing about more. We are seeing more biodynamic products out there. So it's definitely a great thing. And you talked a little earlier about how seasonality is a big part of Unity Farm and different foods are offered to the subscribers based on what's in season. What foods are in season now? <laughs> in season now are onions, different kinds of carrots, all kinds of peppers, zucchini squash, still kale. Kale kind of goes a long way, even though, you know, it, it's more of a winter crop. It goes far into summer. Um, coming in are is corn and beans. And um, let's see, we have New Zealand spinach, which is actually not spinach, but amaranth, very high in nutrients. We have purslane right now, which is also not a very common plant, but it's the only plant, I believe, that has high omega-3 fatty acid content. Um, we have um, beets and... Did I forget anything? That's good enough, yeah. That's good enough, okay. <laughs> I'm sure I did, but, you know. So. The melons, of course. That's a good description. Melons, all kinds of melons. Watermelons, honeydews, they're okay. coming up. And all of these are organic, correct? Yeah. Correct. Which is good, because actually a number of these that you mentioned, I know, fall on the dirty dozen list of things that you should always eat organic, such as spinach. Right. So that's... The great advantage is that these are all organic and not sprayed with any pesticides, non-GMO. Right. And then how does it differ in terms of seasonality? What are some that aren't being offered now but people could get in other seasons? It's an educational process. What we start is um, telling the customers to try one of our boxes and then discover what's inside it. So every week is going to be a surprise. 
and uh, of course causes a little of anxiety in the beginning. So it takes lots of hand holding to ease him into the ability to let the seasons dictate what comes out. Um, they're expecting uh, this, uh, the same uh, from week to week. And they get very surprised when the new box comes and something pops out. Uh, we, so we guide them into what's happening at the farm. We have to tell them the story, how the clouds came in and uh, throw a blanket over the farm. And all of a sudden, the melons are not going. But the plant next to it, and that's the beauty of biodynamics, organic and uh, variety on the field. The plant next to the melons actually likes a little cloudy blanket, and then it comes out. The zucchinis all of a sudden start blooming and fruiting, and so they get them on the boxes. And it changes with the weather. When the hot wind comes from the desert, we have a sort of different conditions, and uh, new things come in the box. So it's, uh, every week is, a, is an adventure, an experience. And, and the customers is into it. And uh, after a, f a few weeks, they love it. They enjoy it. Uh, especially because um, the, the plants that are in season are the ones that pack the highest amount of nutrients and vitamins and um, all the fatty acids. The, the, the plant that grows in season has the most strength and the strongest immune system by itself. So it's a healthier, more flavorful and aromatic plant than one that is forced to grow out of season. Anyway, customers are very happy. They love it. It's a great variety of flavors and aromas out of the seasonal box. And like you're talking about, it's a little of surprise as to what the customers are going to get every week. Have some customers talked about how they've gotten maybe say some foods that they haven't had before and they were glad to be introduced to some new types of fruits and vegetables in their diets? Oh, definitely. Yes. For example, our Chinese spinach, you know, is not very common or well known. So what we do, um, we publish a weekly blog or even bi-weekly blog twice a week and explain what's in the boxes, talk about it, offer recipes, support um, our deliveries with information, lots of information and pictures and uh, references. By the way, what I forgot in the seasonal vegetables uh, right now is we have a bunch of herbs like lemon basil, we have certain mints and others, and basil in general, and a variety of squashes, cucumbers, and lots of tomatoes, different kinds of tomatoes. So just wanted to add that. <laughs> Certainly, all those sound very good. Cucumbers, I mean, that's another one that you find on the Dirty Dozen yes, list. So it's great to see that people have access to all of these foods, mm -hmm. which can often be so heavily sprayed with pesticides, and here they can get clean produce of all the foods that we love to eat. So what we do is, you know, we, we try to vary it a bit each week and introduce maybe a, a new crop and then support it with a recipe and other information. And then, you know, we offer about between eight and 12 different kinds of uh, products, produces, vegetables in our box. 
Yes, I was looking at some of the recipes on your site and some of those sounded amazing. Are these all recipes that you created? We create a bunch ourselves. And uh, also we partner with a food blogger. Her name is Kim Powell and her blog is called Something New for Dinner. And uh, use some of hers with, you know, that are pertinent to the con contents of our boxes. Oh, okay, so some of them have you created. Do you do a lot of cooking on your own time? Oh, yeah, every day, every single day. Mm -hmm. And then when we have leftovers, we do a lot of either juicing or blending because uh, juicing and blending really gets the nutrients into your body quicker and you absorb more. Oh, yeah, and so I imagine with all of these produce that people have delivered every week, they have a good supply where I'm sure they have plenty over then to do juicing and other things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So they have good amount. And you're talking earlier about one that you had, it was called Chinese lettuce, which I'm very interested. What is that exactly? It's uh, a plant from the amaranth family. So, um, and it's used often in Chinese cooking, stir in stir fries and soups. And, uh, you know, in our cooking, it's used often just in salad as you know, not, not uh, solely, but mixed in with other lettuces. Is that typical of things that you offer? You offer a lot of foods of different ethnic cuisines in yes. boxes. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, that sounds great. We talked a little about the produce. I'm interested to know about some of the other foods that you offer. As I said before, this is the appropriate omnivore, so I'm sure people would be very interested in the grass-fed beef. What farm do you source the grass-fed beef from? Five Bar Beef, which is, of course, local in Tribuco Canyon here in Orange County. We partner with Frank Fitzpatrick, and we love his beef because it's absolutely pure, untreated, and original. Yes, his beef is great because we had actually met at his house at a Western Price exactly. potluck a couple months ago. And actually, he's going to be on the show next week. So oh, he, he is? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he certainly has a great breastfed beef product. And I love it. My local Western Price chapter, we've done group orders from his farm. What's good about our partnership is that not everybody has the uh, possibility to get to the farmer's market and pick up, you know, the beef. So they can just order it online with us and then we deliver. And um, what our deal is, we can either deliver to home or to pick up locations. So, you know, with, with, when we deliver to the home, we have a delivery fee, but if it's to a pickup location, then there is none. So it's uh, pretty reasonable. That is a great advantage, because certainly farmer's markets, they're wonderful. But they're at a certain time. Exactly, sometimes you can't make them out to it. Like for me, as I'm often recording the show on Saturdays, I a lot of times can't make it out to the farmer's market because I got to yeah. prepare for the show. Yeah, so what we need to come up with is more recipes for the grass-fed beef. We have a few on our uh, website. However, we want to publish more and even do a series on how to prepare it best, you know, with a supporting it with some videos because it's truly an art to, to do that well and have it taste good. I mean, some people really like grass-fed beef, and we certainly do, but it, you have to know how to prepare it. That is a very good point to bring up. Grass-fed beef does cook differently than regular beef. I mean, I certainly love it and think it has a much greater taste than the corn-fed beef, but there are certain ways you have to prepare it 
have you been able to master the right way to cook grass-fed beef? Uh, I think we have, yes. And Jesus is the master of that, so I let him talk. <laughs> After uh, many uh, errors, yes, we figure out grass-fed beef has a different texture of commercial beef. And uh, so the secret is uh, use a little less power on the fire, very low yes, fire absolutely. for a longer time. And uh, that, that comes out, out the best. Of course, we try different methods too, and uh, it comes beautiful in the oven too. And if you have one of those clay pots, you can put it in the oven, a bit, uh, very low fire too, the lowest that your oven can go, and then you can cook it for two hours, hour and a half, two hours. That's an average time for a good piece of meat. And also we have experimented with marinating it. We have marinated it in beer, in, in buttermilk, and in, uh, in, uh, olive, in olive oil. And uh, that tenderizes beef too. Right. Olive oil is great for it. And certainly also using something like butter or beef tallow is, I'd say, important to cook it in, especially the muscle meat. So you get some of the bone broth along with it. They get some of the organs. Mm -hmm. Yes, and Frank is the master of that, of the bone broth, yes. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, so we like grass-fed beef. And what we do uh, on a, a regular basis is we, we take our customers out. We offer a trip to the farm and also a hike on the ranch. And so we take them out to the ranch, and of course Frank guides us and shows us everything about his ranch, points out the herd, and uh, then last time we had a picnic in under beautiful olive trees in an olive grove right there at the farm, and um, it's a beautiful adventure, and people have never been so close to the steers, and for them, they're just in awe, you know, and seeing this beautiful land out there. So next time I'll let you know and invite you. <laughs> oh, I'd love to go because certainly I think visiting the farms where you get your food is one of the most important things you can do. Does Unity Farms allow visitation? Yes, yes. And we do that too there, you know, about uh, probably three times a year we take customers out and it has, it has had a great response. Um, also, we, you know, we work a lot with schools, actually, not with, uh, with the parents at schools, yeah, not with the schools themselves, but with the, a lot of parents are customers, and um, they bring out the children, and for children, it's just so important to see how their food grows, how their produce grows, how their vegetables grows, and our farmer gives them a great lecture, lets them pull out a carrot, lets them take a bite, or they see food that they have never seen before, like okra, yeah. So, or certain peppers or patty pan squash, you know. So it's totally an education for them, and also not just for the kids, for the parents as well. So we have each time probably 30, 40 people coming out, and we serve a lunch, and it's just a, it's a beautiful occasion. Few things inspire me more than when kids learn about gardening and fresh vegetables and where their foods come from. Yeah. That's such a wonderful thing to have, especially the kids in these public schools where a lot of the lunches are heavily processed, for them to learn what real food is. 
absolutely, yeah. And one of the classes came out and um, they were allowed to plant seedlings and they planted kale. And then they came back uh, like six weeks later or two months later and saw what became out of their kale. And they were allowed to harvest and take it home. So that was very beautiful, you know. So they really had it hands-on. Yes, that's wonderful. We certainly we need to see more of that in schools. And I certainly hope you get to go to more and more schools in the future and let them know all about this. Mm-hmm. And I think also it would be great to see more schools getting to have their own gardens. Definitely, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's one of uh, the great successes we have with our CSA. We team up with the local schools. We have uh, the Waldorf School of Orange County. We have the Annalise School. They have three campuses in Laguna Beach. And uh, we have a Montessori School by the lake. And uh, also local church. And Sage Hill High School. Uh, so we team up with the schools and we find out a, a great amount of success with families that have small children. They're actually interested. They stay at home. They cook. And uh, they're very serious about what they're feeding the little ones. So we're very happy with, with the school participation. Right. And I'm seeing that with a lot of other CSAs, too, of them working with schools. And I imagine that the schools would be very pleased and eager to want to work with companies like you. Yes. Mm-hmm. What other advantages would you say people would get by joining your CSA? Other than getting seasonal, local, thinner. thinner. <laughs> <laughs> they get thinner too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, one advantage, of course, of eating grass or changing over to a healthier diet, juicing, blending, eating grass-fed beef, is uh, you know an overall benefit to your health eating grass-fed beef i read somewhere in a study that you um, reduce your calorie intake up to seventeen thousand calories per year which is equal to losing about six pounds so naturally just by changing over to grass-fed beef you could lose six pounds and who wouldn't want to lose six pounds (laughs) right and then you know and of course that combined with all the organic vegetables and fruit is just uh, a boost to your health and you, to your energy. Right. Grass-fed beef does do that because grass-fed beef, the cows aren't fed these carbs, the corn and the grains and the soy. And grass-fed beef does have this feeling where you feel more full. And I would say also it's important that it's the full-fat grass-fed meat. I mean, grass-fed meat is just naturally lean based on the diet that the cows have, but it's not these lean meats where they cut off the fat. Exactly, yeah. And then we offer local raw honey from the Beekeeper Association. And what the Beekeeper Association does, uh, they rescue bees. So they get calls from all over Orange County and beyond and, and go there and extract the bees that settled in some odd place humanely we have uh, you know we have seen them settling in an ancient wooden boat uh, behind wall panels and loudspeakers and whatnot so we, we actually went along to some of those bee rescues and then they get extracted and then um, they put them into the foothills, into the wilderness above Brea, and they there they can collect 
their honey undisturbed or produce their honey undisturbed and that's where we get our honey from so it's beautiful and the benefit of of uh taking in um local honey is that possibly and there are some studies and i don't know how how true they are but you know i i believe it that it's good for allergies because these bees uh eat the local vegetation the fruits and blossoms and so on and when you then consume the honey that uh increases your um your what you 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 won't get your allergies yes i was going to bring that up i've heard about that too about the benefits of having honey from the area where you're from that it's great for fighting the allergies that you have exactly and it's also important that you get raw honey and not this pasteurized honey that you find in the grocery stores oh absolutely because that destroys the enzymes and then why bother then you could just use sugar you know right even some of these raw honeys that you find in the stores you do see a difference between these honeys that come actually from farms and the bottled honey labeled raw that you'll see in a whole foods or a trader joe's yeah and oftentimes Raw honey doesn't mean local honey, and you get it from New Zealand or somewhere. Right, yeah, it's you do see a lot of fantastic. that. Yeah, and it's probably fantastic honey in New Zealand, but, you know, when you take into account the carbon footprint, then mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to consume honey from New Zealand anymore, besides you lose out on the, on the benefits. Yeah, I wouldn't want to either. I think best, when possible, to always buy as local as you can. Yeah, and what else? I mean, next we... We offer organic coffee, and we uh, have a, in this community in Orange County, well-known, and probably beyond, well-known uh, coffee maker, uh, Martin Dietrich. He made or created a proprietary blend just for us, for Zucchini Express. It's called Zebro, and it's made out of organic coffee beans, and everybody who has tried it, just loves it so right and certainly when you do have coffee it is important to have the organic coffee because where some of these beans are grown they're certainly sprayed with a lot of pesticides gosh yeah it's especially important for coffee i didn't realize that yes absolutely but even in areas outside the u.s like from mexico they say at least 10 percent of growers have returned to chemical fertilizers and pesticides in three years right i know also another thing you offer is olive oil Yes, we offer Nuvo olive oil, and it's actually a new olive oil. It comes from a very old orchard up in Northern California from Oroville. And we actually visited the orchard and walked under the trees. It's beautiful, it's remote, and uh, hadn't been cultivated or used for olive oil production for many, many years. And uh these two young brothers just started to take on their family inheritance and um do the and and pro started producing olive oil with the guidance of an italian old italian olive oil maker and um their first pressing that we got uh entered the was entered into the los angeles olive oil competition and it's an international competition and actually won bronze medals, like all three varieties. So that's the quality of our olive oil. <laughs> What's the farm that the olive oil comes from? It's called Nouveau Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Okay. 
and it's in Oroville, California. That's certainly a great area for olive oil and for farms. Yes, it's the best, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. right, because I know there's another farm that has olive oil, the Chaffin Family Orchards. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've heard there's this great, so I think there has to be something about the area that just it's perfect climate for growing the olives. Yes. Another thing you offer is chocolate. Yes, uh, and here again we have uh, partnered with a, uh, she is a nutritionist and also a chocolate maker, chocolatier, and uh, she makes uh, handcrafted uh, raw organic chocolates, dairy-free of course, and they're just out of this world. They, um, we have two varieties, we offer two varieties, one is chocolate vanilla and the other one is um, coffee and that's made with our zebra coffee and it's just fabulous so that's a special treat who's the chocolate maker her name is Ali Suter and the name of her company is Moody Chocolates Moody Chocolates that sounds great yeah but we call ours ZXY chocolates sexy chocolates we like that better <laughs> <laughs> sounds good since chocolate is an aphrodisiac exactly all right, well, we've been talking about the foods that Zucchini Express has offered in their wonderful CSA. And we're going to take a commercial break in a second, but when we get back, we'll talk about the benefits of joining CSAs like Zucchini Express. To your health. What is a healthy diet? Conflicting information is thrown at us daily. Help chart your course to wellness with a steady guide, the Weston A. Price Foundation. Our nutrition and health information is helping many families recover from degenerative disease and nutrient deficiencies. Join for only $40 a year and receive our quarterly journal. Visit our website, westonaprice.org, for more details. Featuring 20 gluten-free sprouted products. And for the month of July, you get free shipping on orders of 15 pounds or more. Go to the website, organicsproutedflower.net, or call toll-free at 877-401-6837 to start shopping. Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. WestonAPrice.org for more details. Olay Estates Olive Oil has been produced by the Cronus family on a small estate in Sparta, Greece since 1856. The olives are all certified organic and hand-picked. The oil is cold-pressed within 30 minutes and is extra virgin with an acidity of 0.3. Olea olive oil is perfect for cooking, baking, making salad dressing, mayo, hummus, and much more. Olea is distributed in the U.S. by Carl Berger. All products can be ordered on the website oleastates.com. And for an extra 10%, enter the discount code HHG2012. You're listening to The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. I've been talking with Yuda and Jesus Gamboa of the wonderful Zucchini Express. They're a community-supported agriculture in the Orange County area. And we've been talking all about the great foods that they offer from their fruits and vegetables to the grass-fed beef and even olive oil, honey, chocolate, and coffee. And at the beginning, you were talking a little about before doing Zucchini Express, you had an online magazine. What was the magazine that you were doing? It was called, or is still called, it's still online, it's called Free, Free Range Zucchini. Free range for the, for the roaming cattle. 
free roaming cattle and the zucchini for the vegetable part, you know. So it was like all about organic living. Uh-huh. And that and that actually came about from a book that I published the year before in 2010 about exercise, outdoor exercise in Orange County. It's a guide and uh, which spawned this idea, hey, we need to do something else than just exercise. It's not just the exercise that makes you healthy and so on. It's also um, what you put into your body or it's 80% what you put into your body, your nutrition. And that's uh, why we started the online magazine to do research on that, out of which followed our CSA. Right. And so then that explains then how you do often these hikes with the five bar beef ranch, because that's a great form of outdoor exercise. Yes, yes, yes. Very much into outdoor exercise. Right. And so for people interested in looking at that, there's the website freerangezucchini.com. Mm-hmm. That's Free Range Zucchini Organic Life Magazine. And so I see that obviously there's a theme of zucchinis in it. What inspired to have zucchinis be the center of the magazine and the name for the CSA? We were looking for something that can be multicultural, something that can be global. We are a global family ourselves. We have a group of global friends around us. So we were looking for a name that will uh, travel well. And so we decided for something... Uh, Italian, zucchini, the name is Italian, although the actual uh, zucchini is uh, Native American product, so that was international, it sounded like uh, the right uh, fruit to use. Let's look around and uh, somebody else was using it, everybody used apple, tomato and all those more popular, so we picked zucchini, it's international. And certainly the free range zucchini, it's a great resource because I see you have on it links to recipes and people can find organic producers and local breweries and restaurants. And Oh yeah, our contributor for the breweries is a fantastic beer connoisseur. So if anybody who is listening is into beer, uh, look at that because he did some very good research and wrote some very good uh, entries for our uh, beer brewery posts. Yeah, actually, I'm taking a look at it right now. One of the guys having computer by my side. And yes, he has done an excellent job. I see the first one he mentions is Stone, which really is one of the most sustainable breweries. And it's great because for anyone in the Southern California area, yeah, so that's one of our goals for the future, to expand our offerings and have also available like uh, organic wine and organic beer and, you know, more organic products in addition to our fabulous vegetables and fruit. Oh, wow. I mean, that would be wonderful. I think certainly yeah, I already your CSA, I think, goes beyond <laughs> what a lot of CSAs do with just the fruit and vegetables offering, the grass and beef and the olive oil, and to offer wines and beers would this be wineries that are in the Southern California area? We haven't done the research yet, but ideally, if they're good, yes. Temecula has definitely some uh, excellent wineries. We don't know how organic they are, though, so we have to do some research. Yeah, that is a good question, because certainly when you say Southern California, Temecula would be my first thought. Yeah, I don't know a lot either about like how sustainable some of the wineries are, because I do know there are some good organic wineries up in like the Santa Barbara region, but yes. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that there's probably got to be some 
organic wineries in Temecula, maybe some new ones that people aren't very familiar with. But I think if you could discover them and introduce people to them, that would be great. And Santa Barbara, is, if you talk about wine, it would certainly be considered local. So it would, yeah. Santa Ines Valley, that would be definitely a possibility too. Right, because certainly anywhere within the state of California is certainly local compared to, say, getting wines from the Finger Lakes region in New York or getting wines from Italy or France. Right, which, yeah, we wouldn't do. Exactly, yeah. There's different levels of local. It seems the state of California is great for a lot of different types of foods. I was reading somewhere that actually California is a big supplier of produce for almost everyone in the U.S., it's unbelievable, yes. And it, I think they produce 80% of all strawberries, Californians, you know. Yeah, which, I mean, it got me a lot of thinking. I mean, I'm glad living in California where I have access to the, all of this, but it's really kind of sad that there aren't other areas in the U.S. where they have as great resources and people can rely more on local produce and agriculture. Right. So we are fortunate here. <laughs> We are, yeah. Kind of take it for granted that everything comes so local to us. And in other states, people don't have that advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of our goals and aspirations is to be really supplying a lot of different organic products in addition to the produce, but also to have an educational aspect, you know, to, to you know, with our trips to the farm and hikes on the ranch and... Uh, Possibly offering seasonal dinners in the future, having the opportunity to um, teach people more about sustainability, why it's a good idea to eat local and seasonal, and uh, you know, and also work more with the school. So there's definitely an educational aspect for our company as well. well that's great because certainly people in these other states and other areas of the U.S. could learn that, and I think that's. A great thing that people can get out of your magazine and out of my show and out of other resources such as Weston A. Price Foundation or Michael Pollan. I think really people need to learn more about this. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's wonderful that you do the education and also teaching people to do the recipes because a lot of these may be new foods to people they're exposed to. So it's great that they can learn exactly what you can use with these different foods. Yes. It's a discipline, you know. I mean, we, we get a lot of people that have never been ordering from a CSA or have not been into the foodie circles environment. And when they get our boxes, you know, I mean, to some it's a, it's, it's a bit of a challenge because they get, they get produce or vegetables that they have never seen before. So we definitely have to make sure to provide them with, with the right resources. And what are the areas that Zucchini Express covers? We cover a lot of Southern California. So Laguna Beach, we have several pickup locations and do home deliveries, Costa Mesa, um, Irvine, of course, Newport Beach, Corona del Mar, um, Hunting Beach, and Tustin. And then if somebody, or Orange too. So if somebody goes beyond, uh, we ask them to possibly find like uh, five like-minded souls, and then we can create a pickup location. So we have to have like five in order for us to, for, for order, in order for us to be worth it to uh, drive out there. Right. So then you cover most of the Orange County area. Yeah, a lot of the Orange County area. Mm -hmm. But Orange County is big, so we don't go to you know 
to Fullerton or to uh, San Clemente or so. But we could, as I said, you know, if, if there is interest of a certain amount of people. Right. And is that something that you're hoping for in the future? If you have more demand, they'll spread into wider areas? Definitely. Cover Orange County and possibly, you know, go beyond it and go to Los Angeles. Oh, well, that would be great. That would be wonderful. I'd love to have you in L.A. And oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And are there other foods other than the wines and the beers that you're also looking at expanding to to offer people? Eggs. We are looking oh, for eggs. eggs. Yes, that yeah. would be beautiful. And that is really pressing because we would love to supply eggs and have been asked to. So, uh, of course, we have several sources, but they are not able to supply enough. Yeah. So we need to find somebody who would be able to supply enough. Is grass uh, is free range and and organic and you know the whole deal. But uh, that's hard to find. That is, yeah, it is hard to find eggs that are truly pastured and free-range, yes, organic. Pasture. And are you also looking for soy-free eggs? Yes. And that's another one that can be hard to find. And then, uh, you know, it would be nice to find uh, organic bread. We have found organic bread, but that is uh, it's, it's just too far away. So we, we are still on the lookout for several other items to add, yeah. Yeah, organic bread would be good. Are you looking specifically at sourdough bread or bread made with alternative grains? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, gluten-free would be great or alternative millet. Sprouted yeah. flour mm -hmm. and one that's made from something like a spelt, an amaranth, or a einkorn. Right. So certainly, all sounds great, but certainly I understand also that you want to offer truly the best that people can get, so it takes some time to find the right ones. Yes. And I know you're involved with the Weston A. Price Foundation. Does that have big influence in terms of the type of standards you have with the different producers and farms that you use? Yeah, we actually have our uh, resident chef. He's uh, graduated from the Culinary Institute, CIA. And uh, she's actually uh, involved greatly with the Westing Prize. And uh, she's been guiding, yeah, on uh, what will be the choices and what, uh, what should go in the boxes that makes it uh, healthy for the customers. That's one of the things we emphasize on our educational program, our school program, and our customers in general. We want, uh, it's a learning process for all of us, and we want all to get healthier as we eat. Right, certainly you promote a number of different areas. One is the environment, the sustainability by eating the local and organic and Another is also the health of all of this, that your health will be better when you eat these organic produce and the grass-fed beef, the raw honey. Correct. Yeah. It's all a participation. The community in general, yeah. We invite the community. We invite the community groups. We invite the Western Prize to be part of our uh, project. And... Uh, we also get involved with the transition movement with you know with all of this i mean this is kind of a it's a, um making circles yeah so the transition movement is very big in laguna beach and we got involved with that and went to lectures and so on and learned a lot ourselves and then we actually started transition irvine trying to be you know, more responsible, more sustainable, and bringing Irvine on the right path, which to a great extent it already is. However, you know, in, in the smaller local communities, there is so much to do. You know, everybody could be 
uh, growing, helping to grow their own foods in the backyard and, and building communities and knowing about sustainability and, and you know, ideally being off the grid, you know. So it's an international movement. It's, it's right now, it's the way, you know. Yes, the transition movement is a great program. But certainly, I know people involved with that in the Los Angeles area, and glad to hear that you're involved with that also. Yeah. With all the things that you offer, I know there's different levels of packages. Can you tell the listeners a little about the different levels of boxes that they can go for with Zucchini Express? Yes, definitely. We offer three sizes. We have a small, medium, and large of vegetables, and uh, we offer a fruit option, which can be added added on to your vegetable delivery and um, uh, an independent large fruit box which can be ordered separately and you can order every week or you can order every other week and uh, also you can order through our web store and just can try it out oh wonderful so that's that's you know that's what was so-called staple the vegetables and fruit and then uh, the other items can be either ordered independently like grass-fed beef you can sign up or independently and just order grass-fed beef, um, honey and coffee and um, uh, honey, coffee and chocolate. You can either order through our web store or as an option, as an add-on to your vegetable delivery. We are in the process to offering a uh, juicing box, so that's uh, next on our on our list and uh, is anticipated by several people. And that will be interesting, too. That would be cool. And I'm sure that you'll put some different recipes so people can learn how to make different juices with the box. Absolutely. Well, that's something to be on the lookout for. So we're going to have to go in a second. But before we go, tell the listeners where they can find the websites for your magazine and your CSA. Okay, for our CSA, you go to um, uh, zucchiniexpress.org or .com, both work, and uh, find us there. And then you just click on join our CSA and sign up. It's very simple, very self-explanatory. And if you have problems, you can always ask. And then um, the magazine is free range zucchini.com. So you can find that too. And by the way, if you're in interested in outdoor exercise, you find on our web store, the book Active in Orange County is there too. And we offer gift baskets and also we offer donation baskets. So when we have surplus or if people forget to pick up, we deliver to the local soup kitchen or to the friendship shelter or, you know, that's it actually, friendship shelter or or soup kitchen. And people just love it. You know, they never get any organic fresh vegetables and they're just uh, out, out of themselves about this fantastic produce. Lots of great resources there. It's wonderful what you're doing. Certainly keep up the good work. Yuda Jesus, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. And now for the desserts, how to live appropriately in the upcoming week. First, my colleague, Philip Williams, an important person in the paleo community, is raising money for the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Philip runs Hoofy Match, which connects people to the best sources of meat and other foods. He's also from Cleveland, where I'm originally from. You can help him out by donating to his cause. I'll have a link on my Appropriate Omnivore Facebook page. Also, this Thursday, August 8th at 7 p.m., the Culture Club 101 in Pasadena will be offering a class in homemade raw milk baby formula. This is following the Weston A. Price Foundation's recipes for the best alternative to breast milk. To register, 
go to the website cultureclub101.com. And finally, this Saturday, August 10th at 10 a.m., the Institute of Domestic Technology has its Milk Crafting 102 course. You'll learn how to make mold-ripened cheeses like camembert, feta, and mozzarella. The class will be held at the Mariposa Creamery at the Zangre Estate. To register, check out the page at instituteofdomestictechnology.com. For a more detailed list of events going on in the Los Angeles area, check out the Weston A. Price Pasadena webpage at westonaprice.pasadena.blogspot.com. That's all for this week of The Appropriate Omnivore. My guest next week is Frank Fitzpatrick of Five Bar Beef. For more information on my guests, visit my blog at appropriateomnivore.com. Thank you. Thank you.